Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. My name's Jeff. During this special one-shot edition, I'm playing Randall Rouse. This is Johnny, and I am playing Minkus Farhaven. This is Jeremy, and I'm playing Rindesh Tell. And my name is Jordan, and I am the Overmaster of Swords Without Master. So previously on Swords Without Master, you all were standing on the edge of a giant canyon known as the Gash of Sorrow that was on the southern border of the Forest of Anamar. And you were going to cross over this fetid, squalid canyon to get to the other side where there's the Tree Kingdom of the Blood Elves. As you were getting ready to cross over, you were attacked by a band of blood elves riding giant shark-like lizards that were known to inhabit the Gash of Sorrow. And we ended on a cliffhanger because Jeff passed the dice to me without realizing that that would end the perilous phase. So now we are moving on to the discovery phase. And for the discovery phase, I am going to go ahead and set the tone just like we did before. And it's going to be a flashback to just establish why you all are in this perilous position to begin with. So let me go ahead and roll the dice and uh, we'll flip it over and then I will begin to narrate and describe what's going on and then we'll move on past that and I will immediately pass the dice on to somebody else. And when we do that, then that person will roll the dice and uh, and then they'll they'll get to state something that they know. Once you do that, then I get to answer questions that they have for me. Our tone is going to be jovial. So I will flip our card over to jovial. And I will say that you all have just finished a job. This is a bit of a previously on Swords Without Master. Uh, Previously, you had just finished a job where you had been leading a caravan uh, from one town to another. You were leading them from the oasis of Beregrin to the city of a thousand windowless rooms. And in the city of a thousand windowless rooms, you have set up uh, residence in an inn and uh, you have lived gloriously off of your proceeds from the caravan. But at this point, you have now begun looking for work. And so You've gone to the local adventure guild halls uh, looking for some kind of job that you could do. One night you are in your tavern where you are staying, because all good things start in a tavern. It is called the Net and Trident. It is an inn that is populated mostly by fans of the gladiators. And the City of a Thousand Windowless Rooms is known for... Ardent love for gladiatorial combat challenges. So it's one where a lot of adventurous people will meet 
um, gladiators will actually go there to meet with their companions and to, to meet with their fans and just have a good old time. And you all are sitting there. I would imagine that at least uh, Rindash might have earned a little of money and renown in the gladiatorial arena with Blood Puller at his side. So at this point, you see a woman come into the tavern. A woman who looks very different. She appears to be from the north with the, the pale skin and the light hair of one of the northern tribes. And she see, seems to be looking around and she sees the three of you sitting at a table in the back of the tavern. And so she comes towards you and she asks if the seat next to her, next to you all is taken. Before you can answer, she pulls out the stool and sits down. The dice were just passed to me, so I immediately roll and reveal something I know. Um, ooh, it's gonna shift to Glum. I know that she is from a rival barbarian tribe of the north. Okay. And now I'm supposed to ask a loaded question yes. about the revelation. Uh, this tribe, since he knows the tribe, mm-hmm. um, Rindish would know also that they usually don't travel this far south without a good... Good reason. Well, good reason, I'll both say a good, a good prize that they t- intend to bring back to their territory. Mm. Well, I got hitched. Not that kind of prize, but... <laughs> <laughs> what items are in the city of... A thousand windless rooms that that tribe might feel valuable. The city of a thousand windowless rooms is known to be quite the metropolis. It has been the home, the capital of a thousand ancient empires and has stood for time beyond counting. It has grown on top of itself, layer upon layer. It was originally thought to be one of the first cities that the humans pushed the blood elves out of. The northern tribe believes that the blood elves' magic can bring warmth to the land and can also bring flourishing of crops, which will allow them to advance their own society and uh, provide for a better life for all of their people. So they are looking for any magic from the blood elves that they can find that will allow them to bring warmth to the frozen north. With that, I'm going to go ahead and pass the dice on to Johnny. Alright, so that's uh, Jovial. So, she explains to you that she is looking for blood elf artifacts. She would like for you to go ahead and try and explore deeply and and try and find something if you cannot find something within the town then you will need to to travel south and raid the kingdom of the blood elves itself so something i know is uh the blood elf kingdom is protected by the gorge of sorrows or the gash of gash of sorrows sorry and uh that the last bridge known bridge that crossed the gash was burned down 10 years ago. Okay. So 
The question is, is there any known way to get across the gash besides the burning bridge? There is a place to the south of the forests of Anamar where it is said that those with even the smallest hint of magic can walk across the air. All right. We're going to go ahead and pass the dice on to Jeff. And that, again, is jovial. Okay. Uh, something that I know is that I have a spell that can detect where that bridge is. But? My question about that knowledge is, what do I need in order to cast that spell? Blood from a blood elf. <laughs> no. What you need in order to cast that spell is you need a feather from a, a snow white raven. I got one of those. The song of a grinding stone. And you need the time of a child's last kiss. Not quite sure how I would get a hold of that one. <laughs> I don't know either, but I, that's not my job. <laughs> the other two I can do. Cloak is red as blood. Cal is white as milk. Oh, I know how I can get the, the time of a child's last kiss. So are we keeping going on the discovery phase, or are we? Ending? I think I think we're going to go ahead and end end it there. Okay. We need to go ahead and fill in a motif here. I don't need a compass to know which way the wind shines. <laughs> <laughs> Cryptic statements. Aren't the motifs supposed to play off of? They can play off of it to a certain degree. Off of each other. Um, now you're telling the wolf to bring you ahead. The motif that I see immediately is the motif of bringing something to this woman, to the northern woman. Huh. Okay. Fetch, Fifi, fetch. So that bring me ahead could have had another meaning than I originally thought. <laughs> Didn't ha say it had to be a human's last kiss. Ooh. Slobber uh, all over a blood elf child and then rip its head off. No, what I was thinking for the time of a la child's last kiss is like the night before they come of age as an adult, you get their kiss upon something that you can keep, or a kiss from a child right before they pass on to death. Either way, the one I was thinking of was far less gruesome. Um, just thinking, I don't know, was this said directly? Bring me the magic of the blood elves? That's fine. The name of the woman is Morwenna. M-O-R-W-E-N-N-A. All right, so now we're on to... We are on to the rogues phase. If we want to go that way, because you don't have to do... The well, no, we, we... For the first adventure, you're supposed to go perilous discovery rogue. Yeah. And then we can do whatever, right? Yes, correct. So at this point, I think that we're going to go ahead and flash back to the Gash of Sorrow. To where flash we were. forward? Yes, flash, flash forward to the flash. battle. We're going to... Flash back to the first episode, which is forward from where we just were. Yes, we are going to return to the Gash of Sorrow. One back to the twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> I still want to do that with X-wings. <laughs> Put a flux capacitor in an X-wing. Yeah, why not? a whole squadron of them. Time squadron. <sighs> so at this, on this phase, what we're doing, the players hand the dice back and forth and making an answering demands to see the rogues take specific actions. So I'm going to go ahead and describe the thunder and set the tone as normal. And then after describing that, 
I hand the dice to a rogue player and I make a demand of them. These demands are asking you to illustrate your rogue in action. This is to test your metal, to seek a demonstration of what you love the most about your rogue. Push against their flaws and put the rogues into a quandary. All right, so at this point, I'm going to roll the dice to set the tone. Our tone is glum. So at this point, you all are in the midst of combat. Rindash, your hammer, Blood Puller, has sunk into the ground, just like Mjolnir being picked up by one of the unworthy. And you are trying to heft that up with both hands while your wolf is running into the attacking Blood Elves mounted on horrific cavern-dwelling, underground-dwelling, gash-dwelling lizards. Jordan just likes our enemies to be riding reptiles. I like reptiles. <laughs> Minkus, which is a funny name. Minkus, you were getting ready to summon your bear totem, Polworn. Polworn. To begin... To control the lizards. Controlling the lizards. And... Randall, you had charged the five lizards after one had been shot. You were charging into them, mm -hmm. uh, trying to attack the one that was bloodletting. Bloodletting, yes. And you were scooped up by one of the lizards using a prehensile tail, wrapping their legs around you and hoisting you up into the air. And that is where we left off. I am going to go ahead and pass the dice onto Minkus. And Minkus, I want you to show us how you summon the spirit of Paul Warren into the earthly realm. Okay. All right, so it's gonna be jovial. Okay. As I lose my second arrow, I take my hand that's not holding the bow, that would be my right hand, mm -hmm. and I grab a hold of the totem. Okay. I say a quick, prayer to Paul Warren. I need your assistance to save these beasts from annihilation. Okay. Please bring your help. And a shimmery apparition of a bear, a very large, like nine foot tall bear, is, uh, appears kind of beside behind me. Is this apparition only on the spiritual plane or can it affect the physical plane as well? It depends on how close you're paying attention. Like it, if you're paying very close attention, you can see the outline of them. But on, if you're looking like magically or on a spiritual level, you can see quite plainly. Okay. But I guess my question is, like, could he affect, affect the blood elves in um, person? Or is, is he going to help you control the He'll help me control the lizards. Okay. And how does he do that? As I speak to the lizards, he puts extra force, like spiritual force behind them. Okay. Alright, and now at this point you go ahead and you pass the dice on to another player and you get to make a demand of them. It says, or you can hand the dice to the over player and make a demand of one, some another of the other character. characters. So, okay. right, you could say, I want one of the blood elves to try to do this, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the yeah. blizzards to do whatever. So that's actually exactly what I want to do is uh, hand these back to Jordan. Okay. And I want the lizards to all stop their charge when I tell them to stop. Okay. Put me down. 
The dice are handed to the overplayer, but the overplayer does not roll them to answer. Instead, the dice are set down and the overplayer answers in the overtone. Upon finishing, the overplayer picks the dice back up and if no one requests an end to the phase, passes them to another player while making a demand. So the tone is jovial. And I'm going to go ahead and interpret jovial as kind of a fevered pitch. Okay. So go ahead and ask me your question again. I, I'm sorry. So it's, I demand, the demand is to have the lizard stop at my command to okay. stop. So describe how you tell them to stop. Everybody's in the midst of battle. Uh, Randall is uh, in the midst of being bitten and whatnot. Is he bitten? No, he's not. He's oh, just okay. being dangled at this okay, point. Okay, being dangled. Lizards are still charging forward. Okay. And once I summon Paul Warren and his spirit appears with me, I give out a loud bellowing command that's magically amplified. Okay. To everybody else, it just kind of sounds like this growling hiss. Uh-huh. But to the lizards, all lizards that can hear it in the entire area, they just hear the command, stop now. And at this point, the lizards, they're all, like, some of them are running, yeah. and one of them has him held up, and they all just freeze where they are. It doesn't even look like they're starting to twitch a muscle. Like, you can see, like, the blood elves, like, hitting on the sides of the lizards with their <laughs> scimitars, trying to get them to ride forward. And they're trying, they're kicking at their at their sides, and none of them are, none of them are moving. They're just ho holding completely still. Do we want to end the phase here, or do we want to continue on? I think we want to continue. At least I think we need to continue. Okay. As you are, are listening to the sound, all of a sudden you hear this <laughs> scraping, and it sounds like something disengages from the side of the gash of the sorrow, and starts, you hear what sounds like, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 lizards start tumbling down backwards into the canyon. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and pass the dice on to Rindesh. Rindesh. And what's your demand of him? Rindesh, how are you able to bring about Blood Puller? The power of Blood Puller into this con conflict. Okay. And it's jovial. Alright, so it stays jovial. One of the Blood Elves from the shot of Minkus has already fallen. That's correct. Um, so... Uh, Shadow has run into the battle okay, and has clamped onto the leg of that blood elf okay, and is dragging him back to Rindesh. Okay. The blood elf is not dead. I would say he's kind of severely wounded and is like... Has an arrow shooting out his chest? Yes, but is visibly struggling to get away from this wolf. Okay. Rindesh kind of chuckles and says... Good boy, a live one. This will work even better. And then just takes the leg of the blood elf and just no. slams it no. down no. onto one of the ex exposed spikes of blood puller and immediately poof, pulls it up. Pulls it up off the ground. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to hand the dice to Jeff. And I would make the yes, demand. Yes, now you get to make a demand of Randall. Okay, Randall, I want to see how you use your magic to get down. So now I roll? Yes. Glum. Is glum. Ooh. 
I with a dark cast to my eyes, or, or Randall with a dark cast to his eyes, starts chanting under his breath an incantation to set a blaze about him that catches things within a foot radius of him on fire. How many feet? One foot. One way through the entire body? Okay. Around my body. It's not a big spell, but a powerful one. An inferno will raise around... (laughs) Extra crispy lizard tail. Yeah. Chance under his breath. The fires that surround me will bring protection. Divide the world from where I stand. And then this blaze bursts up around me, turns into what looks like a fireball, but it lasts just a, a short time, just a couple of seconds, long enough for him to be let go of, and the beast that holds him to be in severe pain, and the flame will not go out easily once it is caught on something. Well, and you remember the beast is frozen. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. It stopped. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it will continue to burn. Okay. Alright, do we want this phase to end, or do we want to continue with this phase? I'm good either way. As long as the next phase is a perilous phase. <laughs> That's for me to decide. Yes, there. it is. I know. Let's, let's keep it going. Okay. Alright. So you can choose to ask a question of myself as the overplayer. Or you can ask a question of either of your fellow rogues. What you would like to see. Yes. Yes. What would you like to see from him? To Sir Minkus, Beastmaster. What's your demand? Minkus. I demand that you have these lizards attack their riders. It's good. This was a video on demand. (laughs) Oh, look, jovial. <laughs> they gleefully start prancing around, attacking the things on their backs. <laughs> so, in the same commanding voice, I say, Now toss those who demand so much of your life. Free yourselves from their bondage. Lose those riders and do not turn back to them. Okay. So describe how that happens, unless you want you want to make that something that I do. Sure. Well, you do that. Dice are back to Jordan. Dice are back to me. So I have to answer according to the jovial tone. I yes. don't roll the dice Correct. at this point. So they were just told to free themselves from the uh, blood elves. Yes. They immediately begin to move just like they were before. But what they do is all of them, to a, a T, flop over on their backs. And they just begin writhing, like grinding the blood elves into the ground. And then they, you can see them just after a good twenty seconds, and you can hear the shrieks and the and the the squawks and the and the cries of agony as these blood elves are just being ground into jelly. And the crunching of bones. Yes, exactly. When they finish, the lizards reach down and they rip off the saddles that are tied to their backs with long ropey vines. They rip it off and then. They grab the remains of the blood elves in their mouths and they thunder down into the gash of sorrow. So, Rindesh. Yes. As you see them running down the walls of the gash of sorrow, how are you going to determine what what the magic was that held Blood Puller to the ground? Determine what the magic was. Okay. Um, 
And that is going to be glum. Ooh, gosh, man. Think about your history with Blood Polar. When has it behaved oddly in, in terms of other magic around it before? How actually does Blood Polar affect you as a person? Okay, I got this. So, Rindesh is seeing the lizards go down and he is noticing also that the hammer seems way, way lighter than it has ever felt before. Okay. Like he can, he's testing it, swinging it around like it's nothing. Like it's very, very easy, has no weight behind it. But um, he's going to strike into a tree and it basically disintegrates that part of the trunk like it was just ash. And then he is going to kind of get this determined and brace for impact kind of face. And he takes one of the spikes and he presses it into the palm of his hand. Then he feels the, you can see him like catch the weight of the, the hammer as it returns to what he feels comfortable with. Hmm. Very nice. All right. Well, it sounds like we're going to go ahead and end this phase and end this episode at the very same time. Thank you so much for listening to this special one-shot episode of Swords Without Master. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.